This is ESPN Radio. I can't believe you said Brie cheese is your favorite cheese. It's the best cheese out there. Okay, first of all, I said that in confidence off air. <laughs> okay. Uh, but now I understand what's happening around here. And second of all, Pat decided to reveal that his favorite cheese is American cheese. So during oh, the break, boy. I said, Pat, quick, power rank your cheeses. And he said American would be my top cheese, which is just a disgrace to all things humanity. His, his, his palate just isn't as diversified. You know, well, he, he clearly. clearly. Tastes like wax, uh, American cheese. But then I said, no, like my top cheese, if I'm doing top five Amber it's Wilson brie. cheeses, it would be brie. The, the a warm brie. Party. Yes, a warm brie cooked. Like you can even do it with honey. You eat it with fruit. Alan Yates has can never even, heard of brie, which is funky with y'all. I mean, who's you brie? Ain't, you ain't. You who ain't. Is who's brie? No, you brie's not living. your girl from around the block. Can you even see us from way up Bree's there on your cheese. pedestal, Amber? Or? <laughs> burrata would probably be number two on my list, so no, I'm not getting good. any less. I, I like some good burrata. This is who we're taking sandwich advice from. <laughs> good burrata is not bad. You don't like burrata. Huh? I have a fr- you have a friend named Barada Anbury. Yeah, yeah. Like Barack they, and Barada. They cousins. <laughs> they cousins. They cousins. I think a sharp, like extra sharp cheddar, would make my top five. But otherwise, it would probably be fancy Jesus. I I'm definitely want to know where the hell you live in. You got a Barada and Brie as cousins on saying, an island. Man. On an island next to Amber, apparently. The only time I've ever heard of brie cheese was when they had the condiment rap battle, yeah. and it was one cheese versus another cheese, and brie was in the background and got. A joke towards them. That was the only okay, time I ever heard of brie ever. <laughs> See, you knew it was a cheese because of that. So wait, you warm up the cheese so you the cheese is brie. warm? Yeah, like the best brie. Because brie's not, you can eat brie cold, but it's not as good. So the best brie is baked brie. That's what it's called. And so they bake the brie. And brie comes uh, for the Alan Yates of the yucky. world. Brie is like it's in this case. You don't eat the casing part normally, but brie is like in this like kind of like white casing that's like hard and but it's inside. It's soft and it's gooey. And so ugh. when they bake it, it just runs out and you but mm. you can just get it on horrible. your strawberry I, well, or what? on your cracker. I haven't eaten today too. So <laughs> Amber, I looked. It I up. described that like yeah. Nuno described whatever the heck he was trying to describe a couple segments ago. First of all, uh, I looked it up and spelled it wrong, so I needed that to, to help me. It's B R I E. Yeah, like it's a cute. It's spelled. Beautiful. It's cute. Okay, this is hilarious. The TV beautiful. people, if you're watching us right now on ESPNU, Amber's top five cheeses. They put brie, baked burrata, cheddar, and then they just put fancy cheese one and fancy <laughs> cheese two as four and five. <laughs> Look at that. Inaccurate. Oh, that, that, that's Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, who's be, uh, behind the controllers here, is making things happen. Brie baked burrata two, cheddar three, fancy cheese four, five, fancy cheese two. See, Jay, I have this reputation of being bougie around here, and I'm always trying to fight against this rep, and I'm not sure it's working with my cheese takes. I got to be honest. I don't know, Amber. Between now and the break with the with the. Uh, with the mirror thing, I didn't. I didn't Man. know what that was. I thought it was an iPad that you were holding up for a while. No, it looks like an iPad. It's the size of an iPad. The mood lighting uh, though is very. It's unique. I have a mirror. I like it. I See, this is Jerry's bad. You can't do any, me doing this right now. You can't do anything in front of our show because we just expose everything. <laughs> you do. I'm noticing that very, very clearly. It's so it's a mirror that I use mug. for those for those listening on audio. It's a mirror that I use in commercial breaks to powder my nose. Jay Williams doesn't have to powder his nose because he just is born looking like that. Yeah, so well, there you go. Born looking like what, Amber? What are you trying to say? <laughs> looking like a nose that's been powdered. Jay, that's what I mean. You say I have a shiny forehead. You got to powder that. 
Well, you could powder that. It's dome. Look at you that. could powder that. There you go. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. How do I transition? Ooh. I'm not sure there's an easy way to go from Does cheese to Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Aaron Rodgers was a cheese head. There we go. There you go. That Wisconsin cheese, not We're on building. not on my list as top five cheeses. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, the former cheese head, he made some interesting comments recently to Peter King. I'm not talking about the comments that he made in regards to Sean Payton. I'm talking about comments that he made about how much input he has with the New York Jets. Here's the quote from Aaron Rodgers. I enjoy coming to Robert with ideas or as maybe in a consultant role like, hey, I've been other places. I see this. I see that. And just him being kind of wide open and maybe we disagree. I respect the hell out of him when he's like, well, I hear what you're saying, but I think I'm going to do it this way. I love his openness to critically think about the stuff I'm saying or another group of guys might say to him. So what he revealed there, Jay, is that the coaching staff and the front office appear to be listening to Aaron Rodgers in that organization. I don't know if that's a veiled shot that like he didn't have enough input in Green Bay, but he seems to have a lot of input in New York. I want that input, though. I, I, I want my star player to have an open door policy where you can come in and you can help me fine tune things that you've seen before throughout your experiences. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, as much as we try to make it seem like it's, you know, there are these tiers, Amber, like, well, he's the coach and he's the player. I mean, and there are definitive lines that are drawn throughout the course of the season with certain things, right? But as it relates to on the on-the-field product, the more engaged I can have my star player in helping me design, especially from the quarterback position, who can see things differently or he can give me insight maybe into some defenses that he saw work against certain opponents, why wouldn't I want that kind of constructive feedback? It doesn't mean I have to use it, but I want my best player to feel like he has an open-door policy to come in to discuss anything. And then if I can fine-tune things or tweak things here and there, and it works, great. I want that relationship with my best player. A three-time MVP, a Super Bowl champ, a dude who's 39 years old. Well, four-time if you include the Super Bowl MVP, yeah. right? And 39 years old, I, I, easily a Hall of Fame career by any standards, and he's still going, and it, it, that story ain't over yet. Yeah, I would invite that feedback, right? I mean, I don't think every player should have that kind of voice within their organization. I have a really hard time believing that he didn't have that voice in Green Bay, if that was some sort of veiled threat or veiled shot there, because it feels like everything's a veiled shot at his ex, right? But certainly he should have that kind of voice here. I have zero problem with Aaron Rodgers being vocal to Robert Sala. Robert Sala said that he listens to Aaron Rodgers, and he said Aaron Rodgers has been playing in the league for as long as Robert Sala has been coaching in his entire coaching career, not obviously his head coach. Like, his entire career has been as long as Aaron Rodgers has just been a player in the NFL. So, of course, he's going to give great deference to what Aaron Rodgers said. Now, it needs to be Robert Sala's decision in the end because it's going to be Robert Sala's job. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, right? That yeah. If it doesn't go well for the Jets, like it's it, heads are going to roll and it ain't going to be Aaron Rodgers' head. So Robert Sala needs to listen to his own intuition and needs to make the final decision here, but I have zero problem with getting his input. Yeah, and by the way, as long as Aaron Rodgers is respectful, which we all think he will be, and doesn't shoot things down publicly. I, I think this is the biggest thing sometimes that, and look, sometimes I, I get that, Things are a little bit out of your control, and if you want to steer the ship in a different direction. But we've seen Aaron Rodgers kind of go back and forth with uh, his ex, his former head coach with Green Bay, right? So now in this new relationship, at first you can't you can't do stuff like that. 
Like, if anything, you got to take a bullet. You got to fall on the sword for your head coach. You got to show camaraderie because everybody this season is going to be trying to get in that locker room and separate this team from one another. Like, not that they're doing it maliciously, but that's how media works, right? Like, oh, they're going through a rough patch. Hey, Garrett Wilson, you're not getting the same amount of touches that you used to get. You know, what are your thoughts? Like, you can't have Garrett Wilson throw Aaron Rodgers under the bus. Neither can you have Aaron Rodgers throw Robert Sala underneath the bus. The more in tune they can stay together as a team, the better off they will be when it's all said and done. Aaron Rodgers throughout his career hasn't had many great coaches, right? I mean, it might be why he thinks Nathaniel Hackett's the best coach he ever had. Uh, the reality is, like, Mike McCarthy, I guess, is the best coach, and he's got questions now in Dallas that Aaron Rodgers has had. Aaron Rodgers certainly hasn't always had top-tier coaching. I don't know if Robert Sala is a top-tier coach. What I do know is probably listening to that guy might help you get there if you if you want to be well on your way if you're Robert Sala. Because Aaron Rodgers, although I wouldn't say he's had the best coaches in the league throughout his career, boy, has he elevated some of those coaches time and time again. And it's because of his greatness. So I do think for this particular player, and I wouldn't say this for every player, right, or every quarterback in the league, as important as that position is, but for this particular player... That dude earned it. That dude earned the voice, and I think it's a good idea for Robert Sala to be taking uh, at least into account what Rodgers wants and what Rodgers feels the direction should be, especially since, by the way, Aaron Rodgers did just hand them back $35 million. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, Amber, all the young players, you don't think that's important for them to see that their head coach and their quarterback are on the same page? Right. I mean, like, like, having those kind of healthy relationships is so important for building the right culture and that, that's what the Jets have been able to do. Like, they're Robert Sella falling on the sword last year, right, by taking a lot of heat off the quarterback situation. Like, there's so many examples of these guys uh, really being the leaders that you want them to be in order to create uh, almost like a um, creating a, a system that is fostering confidence, right? Like, creating an echo chamber where it breeds confidence because you're able to say things that are kept internally and you protect one another. That's what a real team does. All right, we talked about sports long enough. Let's get back to the funny stuff because we've got some callers here that want to chime in. Jammin is calling us from South Carolina. Hey, Jammin, go ahead. Yeah, so first off, I think the best cheese has got to be Pepper Jack because Ooh, it just makes Jack's everything great. better. Good and cheese. second of all, I love how, whether it's the power of the sound engineer or, or somebody that started the uh, commercial break, they're subtle you know, passive aggressiveness, commercial break on a Chick-fil-A sandwich was hilarious, by the way. Just saying. Oh, was there a Chick-fil-A? I don't even know if oh. Jay and I heard that no. on the way in. But <laughs> that's that, but I'll take, that, I mean, We we'll missed that, it. but we will we'll take, take credit it. For it. Yeah, we'll no take credit for it. Or those guys in the control room, maybe, should be taking credit for that. Pepper Jack, I feel like, is a bit of a controversial cheese, Jay. Uh, I like Pepper Jack. I could see people not liking Pepper Jack. Brian is calling us from Chicago. He's got thoughts on sandwiches. Go ahead, Brian. What up? What up? I found you over here, Jay. I love y'all. Uh, hey, the bread's got to be fresh, first of all. The bread's got to be good. Please. The meat's got to be sliced, right? Right. You got to mm-hmm. have a little oil in there, Ooh. a little Italian a, a seasoning. You know what I mean? Just a little sprinkle of lettuce, too. You know what I'm saying? So it's got to be that way. And that's what I'm thinking. What are you guys thinking? I'm down with that. Amber, I used to, back in the day, a little salt and pepper, a little oil and vinegar. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, have you ever done that yeah. combination on a sandwich? Yeah, the problem with oil and vinegar, you're, it's a dangerous game, oil and vinegar, because it you can be excellent on a sandwich. It. You can't, because it can make the bread soggy. Yeah, you can't overdo it. That's the problem with oil and vinegar. So I like it, like on a sub, as long as you're, you know, it's exactly. like just on the lettuce or the meat. It's not making the bread too soggy. Pat and I were arguing during the break, although I was agreeing with Pat, this is a proper take by Pat, that cucumbers on a sandwich are excellent. If we're talking about a turkey sandwich, thin sliced cucumbers. Also for me, the slicing of the meat matters like i like a very thin shaved lunch meat Mm. okay more to discuss when we come back all right when we come back coming up next should the mets continue their fire sale it's not a fire sale guys it's a retooling mets fans and jay williams calm down we'll get into that next this is espn radio Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. So the Mets have certainly been sellers as we approach the trade deadline just hours away at this point. Amber Wilson, Jay Williams, hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Of course, you can also watch us on ESPNU. Let's bring in some help with the baseball conversation. Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider joining us, host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. And Buster, thanks so much for your time. Oh, go Amber, ahead, Jay. Do you, do you mind if I just have a second with Buster? Yeah, just have just, have a moment. I need to, um, I, you Buster, need to probably get some things off your chest as a Mets fan. Go ahead. Yeah, Buster, um, you know, watching Matt Scherzer say he needs to talk to the brass, uh, that, that, didn't see well, that didn't seem well received um, when he was found himself <laughs> on a different team. And then I watched Verlander the other night kind of like toy with it. You know, if we want to win a championship, he kind of seemed like he was unsure – of what his future was within the Met uniform. What the hell are we doing? What is happening here? Can you please describe it to me? Obviously, we're going in the wrong direction. Give me some sense of what is going to happen here. Yeah, so here's the deal. And it does feel like the Mets are going all over the place. But I do, uh, first off, I, if you go back to their winter plan, they won 101 games last year. Then they added Justin Verlander. I think that was a reasonable plan and reasonable expectation that they yes. were going to be better. And you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't work out the way you expect it to. Verlander got hurt in spring training. He started late. Uh, they played poorly, and they never turned it around. So internally, the Mets' choice was, do we just hope that it gets better next year, run it back with Verlander and Scherzer each being a year older, or do we choose a different path? And that's the direction they've gone. Uh, you know, essentially buying a prospect by unloading Scherzer's, uh, paying off Scherzer's contract, you know, $35 million out of the $57 million owed to him in that deal with the Rangers. And I do think today you're going to see a similar deal involving Verlander Uh, You know, maybe it's going to be the Astros. Maybe it's going to be the Dodgers. I think the Orioles uh, should be the team heavily involved with him. 
they're the team that uh, would have potentially the best assets for the for the Mets to to look at uh, in terms of and for Verlander to accept this trade because he completely controls this process. Uh, going to Baltimore would be for him like going home because he's a Virginia native, and he and Verlander be perfect at the front of that Baltimore rotation. But I don't have any information that the Orioles are actually involved in this thing. I do think this is a you know the the Mets uh, after a disappointing season have basically decided you know what we're, we're changing course here. So they're certainly changing course. It's not about this season, Buster. It's not even now about next season if Verlander waves that no trade clause. It feels like it's about the season after. Is that really a retooling? I know retooling is sort of the company line right now, but I'm sure for Mets fans like Jay, it feels like something more heightened than just a simple retool. Well, yeah, and and you're right. And Billy Epler, the general manager, was really pushing back with reporters and trying to make that point. Look, we're not you know, cashing in 2024. Uh, and for, I think, the, for, you know, a fan in New York watching the Yankees, the Mets, and the way they do, typically do business, it would feel like uh, something like a, a massive rebuild. But I got to tell you, the one thing that's happened in baseball this year, all these teams that spent big, uh, Mets, Padres, uh, you know, are, are struggling. And, and they're having issues, and eight to the degree that agents are worried about this upcoming winter, like, oh, boy, there's going to be some major rollbacks because you've seen teams that aren't spending money, the Orioles, the Reds, uh, et cetera, have success uh, with you know, guys with short-term deals. The Rays fall into this category as well. And, and you know, so I think the Mets choosing this path of trying to you know, find pitching and plug the gap while building up their farm system they're going to feel like they can compete next year because they've seen all these other teams do it. That better be the case, Buster Olney. Mm-hmm. That better be the case. ESPN Inside, Baseball Insider Buster Olney joining us here <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Buster, how about – let's talk about Shohei Itani. Is there any type of trade involving him that we may see? No. Uh, last week, Artie Moreno uh, ordered the front office, uh, basically said, you are not trading Otani. Uh, because Artie, from Artie's perspective, in the, even though it feels like the Angels' odds for making the playoffs are really low, uh, his feeling is is that, look, my path to potentially re-signing Otani, uh, there's only one road I can take, and that's to keep him through the rest of this year and then negotiate with him in free agency and try to outbid teams like the Dodgers, the Padres, et cetera. And so that's what he chose. And once he decided to do that, and Artie basically ordered his front office, look, you can't retreat – then Perry Manassian, their general manager, his feeling was, if we can't retreat, then we need to add. So they go and trade Luke for Lucas Giolito, uh, Reynoso, a reliever. They also added uh, the other day C.J. Crone, Randall Grichik, uh, in, in the face of some really tough odds to make the playoffs. But in this era in which we talk so much about tanking and various sports, uh, there's a part of me that admires what the Angels are doing because they're trying to win. We are less than nine hours away from not having to talk about a Shohei Otani trade any longer. At least a mini break <laughs> before then we have to talk about where he's going here at the end of the season. Buster Olney joining Amber Wilson and Jay Williams here on ESPNU and on ESPN Radio. So Bo Bichette Buster left yesterday's game for the Blue Jays. How does that impact them today? Yeah, and it's potentially a major complication because John Snyder said after the game, you know, he's their best player this year. And so he goes limping off the field, and, he, and the Jays didn't announce 
after the game, the severity of the injury, which makes sense. Executives are telling me this morning, look, the Jays are going to want to keep that information private until we get uh, uh, locked down, until we have to get after the deadline, because they don't want, if they need to go out and get a shortstop, they don't want other teams to use that information against them. Uh, so a couple names worth watching. Paul DeYoung, shortstop for the Cardinals. You know, he's had a decent year, hit 13 home runs in the last year of his contract. And Tommy Edmond, uh, Tommy Edmond, another Cardinal, you know, he's a super utility guy, can move around. The Cardinals have made it clear they're willing to talk about a lot of players. Uh, you know, and they're open to discussions. And if the uh, Blue Jays today know from the medical uh, evaluations that uh, Bichette has that they need a shortstop, they will have to quickly pivot before we get to the deadline. Buster, before we let you go, I have to ask you a critical question. Build your perfect sandwich for us. What does it consist wow. of? Uh, this, is a, this is an ongoing debate on the show. Uh, what does your perfect sandwich, Buster Only's perfect sandwich, consist of? All right. So given the fact that I grew up on a dairy farm, it's got to start with cheese. Okay. Um, you could have layers of cheese. It could be just a cheese sandwich if you wanted to. But I'll, I'll go with a range. I'm going to go with Swiss cheese okay. with bacon and Ooh. with turkey. Like Ooh. a BLT type is, man, I love with mayonnaise. Good mm-hmm. Lord. That, uh, yeah, I, I could live on those if, uh, if my doctor allowed me to. Uh, the cheese that sandwich is... nomination, Jay. Buster feels like he knows what he's talking about. I also, I also said a grilled cheese sandwich, Buster, because <laughs> I feel like there's nothing better in this world than just the combination nothing. of bread and cheese. But a BLT is close. That would be on my You're list. You're making me hungry, Buss. I'm telling you. I'm going to get that from the calf. You thought we were going to talk about starting pitching, but here we are. Uh, swerve, learning that Buster Olney grew up on a dairy farm. Buster Olney bringing you the hot ticket. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Buster Olney, thanks so much, Buster. All right, Buster. Thanks, guys. Good to talk with you. And I can always talk about cheese. You got it. Bus, hey, they, they yell it. at me because I call you Bus, but I, I feel like it's a cool nickname. But once again, here I go giving nicknames. <laughs> that didn't sound like yeah, it didn't sound like you. Yeah, that yeah. didn't. Yeah. Didn't I, I think. Yeah, I think I'll, we got to stick. Buster. When yep. you have a name like Buster, you got to just stick with Buster. I, you know, I, yeah. you don't need to shorten Buster it. Buster sounded Buster. natural to me, Amber. You're like Alan like Yates just... over here, just shortening things that don't need shortening. I always give people nicknames. Bus is a good job, man. Bus is a good nickname. It's a dope nickname. I got a friend named Bus. Alan, what do you call Chipotle again? The Pope. Yes, yeah, so unnecessary. It's, it's building. everywhere. I, I just want to say, I was in D.C. It's not, it's not building. I heard someone call it the pole. Uh, Nobody called it, was it you. the You called pole. it that. Yeah, you called it that. It's that was you pole. or like your best friend J- who you were with. Who's J- the only person who called it that. Saquon called it the pole. He did confirm the pole. It's ridiculous. Coming up next. The Commanders. They have a new owner, but do they have a quarterback? Our NFL 2 days continues. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Two-A-Days. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The Washington Commanders. Blue 58! Go! I'm John Keim on the Washington Commanders. Washington has started 34 different quarterbacks since it last won the Super Bowl after the 1991 season. The Commanders have started eight quarterbacks in Coach Ron Rivera's first three seasons. And now they're entrusting the job to second-year quarterback Sam Howell, who has thrown all of 19 passes in the NFL. His progress will be the main storyline not only for camp, but for the season. Coaches and players have publicly and privately expressed confidence in Howell, but he's inexperienced and learning a new offense under coordinator Eric Bieniemy. If Howell develops, the commanders might finally have found a long-term solution. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Jay Williams hanging out with you. You can find me on social at Amber W Sports. You can find him. What is it? At the real Jay Will? At, at real, real Jay Williams. Williams. Thanks, Amber. Thank you. At real Jay Williams. That's how you find him. You can also always join in the conversation. We'll get back to your phone calls in a minute. Triple eight, say ESPN. Jay can't get much uglier for the commanders than it was last season. I mean, last season on the field kind of went like it did, um, you know, in the front offices over there. And an ownership change that everyone's excited about for the commanders. I'm not sure it's going to mean much, at least not yet, in terms of actual production on the field. I feel like this is going to be another pretty ugly season here for Washington. I have an opportunity to battle for a wild card spot. Uh, That's what's on the line here. I mean, just let me repeat (laughs) What we heard on our way in from Break Amber, I mean, 34 mm-hmm. quarterbacks since 1991. So bad. 34 quarterbacks since 1991. Eight quarterbacks in Ron Rivera's era as head coach. Right, And then for Sam Howe, obviously watching him from North Carolina, see him come into the league, 19 passes. So Eric Bieniemy, you went from Patrick Mahomes now to a quarterback that's trying to figure it out. Now, look, I think the defense will be solid. They're loaded with pass rushers. It just all comes down to their offense. Can this offense, with what you're going to see in that division, can they keep up? And a lot of that will be will be determined between the relationship between Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell. We saw Sam Howell in Week 18. We saw him play one game in the NFL. He was okay, right? I mean, we are talking about a prospect coming out of college. He had first-round buzz, remember, before that final season that he played at Carolina. So, was he more that guy or was he more the guy who ended up finishing college and then, you know, fell to day three of the NFL draft? We're about to find out, but he is a young developing quarterback. And that quarterback situation has been so ugly that last season with Carson Wentz, they were quite literally chanting for Taylor Heineke. The fans were so much so remember that Montez Sweat had to try to quiet down the home crowd because they were being so unkind to Carson Wentz. They're like, that's a microcosm of how things have gone for those Washington commanders of late. I don't know if it's going to go that much better. Maybe Sam Howell ends up surprising me 
it's fine. It's another quarterback. I, I just, I feel like that this is a team that after this ownership change is going to take some time and is going to need to rebuild. And I think yeah. Ron Rivera is a very good coach, but a good coach that's been respected that it hasn't panned out there since he surprisingly got that job in 2020. Like it felt like a very good hire for a very bad owner. And yet Rivera feels like he's on the hot seat here in Washington, even though he is wide, widely respected. I, I think Chase Young is on the hot seat as well. You know, you're talking about a player that was seen as a foundational piece for that commander's team. And after a very hot start in the NFL, fell off in terms of production. He has to prove himself. Obviously, Sam Howell has to prove himself. I think it's a lot of people, guys having to prove themselves this year to the new ownership there in Washington. Yeah, well, whenever there's a change or change of guard as it relates to ownership, Amber, you know, it's like, you know, and now everybody is being assessed, right, on right. whether they, you know, it's the same thing we saw with the Giants with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, Daniel Jones got, you know, four years on his deal, two years guaranteed for $80 million, but – you know, that still is not what other quarter, even though it's a lot of money, they're not considered to be part of the brass of guys like Joe Shane and Brian Dable. It's the same here, right? Like, all right, new ownership coming in. Hey, look, we can wipe the slate clean. We can start over. We're going to change our name again, probably. So, yeah, a guy like Ron Rivera is being watched right now, but you still have talent there in the offensive end. Antonio Gibson, you have him at his great one-two punch. You got Jahan Dotson. I mean, he has the ability to have a breakout in year two. You have Terry McLaurin as well. So there's talent there. It's just a matter of it all coming together. But back to your Chase Young point, coming off that ACL tear, like that defense has a chance to be solid. I wonder if he'll get back to his form that he was before at his peak because he had a chance to be a generational-type player on the defensive end. And that's going to be a a big question mark that I'm paying attention to this season. Yeah, another lost season, another injury there with Chase Young. You're talking about, though, the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year's rookie season back in 2020. We're not that far removed from that. They did not pick up his fifth-year option. So this is make it or break it for Chase Young. We know that talent exists, but can he stay on the field and can he really contribute to the direction of this team moving forward? They did sign a, a tackle in Andrew Wiley. Like they spent a little money here on their O line. Nick Gates, the center, they brought in as well. It's not that exciting. It's not splashy moves here in the offseason for the Washington Commanders, but it may help. So there have they have done some helpful things. Darren Payne, four year, ninety million dollar deal. I mean that's a that's a big deal there for a defensive tackle that they needed to retain. But you're right, that defense, although it underperformed last season, by all accounts, should be a pretty solid defense. And Jacoby Brissett, the other offseason move here that I think actually might end up mattering. I mean, we're so focused on Sam Howell and his development. I could see Brissett beating out Howell for the starting job. Jacoby Brissett was a lot better than I think people realize on that Cleveland Browns team coming in relief of Deshaun Watson. We talked about the Browns earlier in the show. They had other problems beyond Jacoby Brissett. I'm not saying Brissett was at all what Deshaun Watson is expected to be there in Cleveland, but he was pretty solid. I could see him having a bit of a resurgence here and starting over Sam Howell. He may not be the only lifesaver for the commanders, but he may be that for Eric Bieniemy. Can you imagine Amber going from... You know, Patrick Mahomes, who we've all been talking about as a chance to be maybe the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Definitely on, on track to have a chance for that, right? Um, talent-wise, who knows if he'll win amount of champions, Super Bowls like Tom Brady. But talent-wise, you go from that and not really getting the recognition for a head coaching job to now going to becoming the OC for a team where there's so much changeover. Now, that changeover could be a positive thing for you if Ron Rivera happens to not fulfill, 
you know, what he needs to this year and they don't win, he could end up being the head coach. But if this offense is putrid and he doesn't get the same amount of time, this could effectively almost been like be a career ender for him as well. So there's a lot on the line for I Eric don't know Bieniemy. if I agree with that. I mean, I'm not saying so, this season. No I'm saying overall, like, though, if, if he can't figure it out here – do you think he'll get another shot somewhere else? As a coordinator, absolutely. I mean, as a coordinator, Eric Bieniemy has proven himself time and time and time and time and time again. So, yes, I mean, I, I think he wanted to get out from under the thumb of Andy Reid in order to blaze his own path and show that he is his own man and that it's not the guy who is sitting above him because he wants to find his way to a head coaching gig. I, but as a coordinator, he's already solid to me, Jay. Like, there's nothing that can happen here in Washington, and we know that I, that's I, not – it's such a difficult Amber, job that he just took on. Amber, it's the same thing. I mean, look, I just – I sat up here and watched you talk about where Jalen Hurts was as it relates to a tier, tier one, saying about all the pieces. So one could make the case – because you are Patrick Mahomes, like I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying how sometimes the world, the, the world pays more attention to your losses than they do to your wins. And the world sometimes looks at certain individuals, right? Like Phil Jackson. Well, he had Michael Jordan. Well, it's going to be the same for Patrick Mahomes. So I'm not knocking his coordinating skills. I'm just saying about opportunities. And once again, career ender, probably extreme. I get it. Right. I'm just saying how people start to view him, though, away from Patrick Mahomes if it doesn't go well, especially if it doesn't go well for a multitude of years. It's such a fall-off, though, between Patrick Mahomes and Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett. So if it's this season and it just doesn't go well this season in Washington, I don't think it has much of an effect on his career as a coordinator. How about this next season, too? And then the season if we're talking multiple seasons, I mean, still, though, a rebuilding team, if it doesn't go well this season, Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett are not even going to be there for Washington, so you're probably talking about them Brissett. drafting a quarterback. Okay, all right. I think he would get I think he would he would get some sort of runway here in Washington. Now if he becomes the coach in waiting there, if Ron Rivera gets fired, if Eric Bieniemy becomes the head coach and then it still doesn't go well, it might tank his opportunity as a head coach around the league. I just think I, as a coordinator, a career ender as a coordinator, man, okay. I feel like it would take years to erase what he did. Even though he had Patrick Mahomes, yes. But still I think it would take so many years to erase what he did there in Kansas City. Coming up next, what we're going to do here is people want to weigh in on cheese. I mean, I'm telling you, people are passionate about cheese, sandwiches, <laughs> oh, and also quarterback tears. So there's that. We will get to your phone calls. Triple H, say ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. Coming down the stretch here, Amber Wilson and Jay Williams hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can also watch this, of course, on ESPNU. It has been an action-packed morning, Jay. A lot of quarterback tier talk. A we, lot of cheese lot and of sandwich cheese. talk as well. Yes. We covered Your brie the cheese is number one on the list of cheeses. I know. I'm not getting anybody agreeing with me yet. And y'all ain't living no. if you haven't had some nice baked brie. There are 
Plenty of people who want to chime in on the cheese conversation and all things sandwiches on the call in line. Triple eight, say ESPN. So Brian is calling us from North Carolina, and he's got some thoughts on my hatred of American cheese. Go ahead, Brian. Amber, with all due respect, you are a, a breath of fresh air and a light on the network. But your take on American cheese is as bad as the cliff is approaching for Tom Brady. And hear me out. Here's why. You just mentioned the grilled cheese as a top sandwich. Well, there's, there's a one seed for cheeses and grilled cheese, and it's American mm-hmm. cheese. Has a point. No. The smash yeah. burger, the mm-hmm. cheesesteak. And listen, I love a baked brie. Don't get me wrong. But you're missing the mark. You're missing the mark on the cheese that's named for the greatest country on the planet. She's not having a grilled brie cheese, I'll tell you that. Well, that's no, true. but not, I Jay. Let her know. She's not. I- I am, Brian, having a grilled sharp cheddar cheese because there's nothing better than cheddar cheese, which actually has flavor on a grilled cheese because American cheese has no flavor. Oh it my, tastes like is, wax. You, it is a disgrace to this country. Not, you are not pro your country. This is I'm not. I'm unpatriotic when it comes for Portugal to cheese. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, relax. You know man. what? Low key, and Nuno could probably attest to this. Portugal, phenomenal cheeses, right? Europe knows how to do cheeses. Exactly. Also, Portugal, por- Portuguese wrong. food, phenomenal. Yeah, you Low can key. have your grilled. If you ever Portuguese. fly Tap Airlines, you're going to want to go ahead and sign up uh, for that airline food. All right, Scott. Scott also has thoughts on cheese and sandwiches. Hello, Scott. Thanks for the call. Go ahead. You know, I've listened to you guys this morning. Y'all doing a good job. You know, I will tell you this much. I have an exotic sandwich, you know. Mm. It would be a blackened chicken sandwich, Okay. you know, with Cajun seasoning. Okay. um, With smoked Gouda. Gouda is an excellent nominee. Because nobody is getting exotic right now. I'm going with smoked Gouda with... um, I know that y'all are really healthy, but um, I'm gonna have a couple of strips of uh, applewood peppercorn bacon, oh. as well as oh, uh, uh, just a little shimmer of um, pesto and chipotle mayo. Oh, oh the chipotle oh. mayo! Scott the knows with pesto. Chipotle <laughs> mayo is the extra joint on top. Scott knows how to do some Scott, sandwiches. Which calls ninety-seven, ninety-seven. Scott, where you live? Where you from, Scott? Where you be? Um, I live in Jersey, but I'm originally from Detroit. Mm, okay. But I will tell you this much. When you come to sandwiches, you know, you got to be a little creative. And I travel for a living. I work for television as well. And when you go from spot to spot, I'm telling you, you got to create your own sandwich. And I'll tell you, that smoked Gouda is special as, as well as the Chipotle mayo. I'm with you. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm with you. Pat Costello oh, is over here oh, shaking oh, his head. Either, smoked Gouda is oh, excellent. Pat, how could you possibly have a problem with that sandwich? That sandwich is going to take like nine hours to make. That's true. That was like 58 <laughs> ingredients. It was so like much. six ingredients. Also, you're blackening the chicken. What you're you smoking the chicken? Gouda. Like, there's a lot yeah. of work involved. I'm sorry for using this nice cucumber sandwich foodies Pesto. over here. I'm here for the blackened chicken. Bob. Me too. Oh, it it's, sound I, like a that nice sounds man. delicious, but like that would take about... 45 minutes to make, and I'm just not doing it. See, now, I would eat that sandwich. Don't get me wrong. It sounds very good. Blackened chicken, probably not typically something that I would reach for to put on a sandwich. But Why yeah, not? That's... You never put chicken on a sandwich? It's okay. Chicken, chicken, chicken's okay. Just generally speaking, chicken, chicken's okay. Think about who you're saying this to. It's... Who do you, what do you eat, who, Amber? What, what are you implying, Jay? Well, it's what? dry, man. I, chicken can I'm be implying dry. I'm implying, Amber. Okay. <laughs> chicken can be dry, especially blackened chicken. 
Pat's not even looking at this. I feel we, like I don't know we you, should, remember? We should, I, we should go back to the, first off, back to the calls. I don't know. No, no, we're not. First off, I don't know what kind of chicken you're having. I ain't never had dry chicken. Not in okay. my house. Moist. Mm-hmm. Mo- exactly. Juiceful. So we got to talk about who's cooking the chicken in your house, Amber. <laughs> I don't cook chicken in my house because I don't really like chicken very much. Like, it's just okay. Does your husband like chicken? Uh, not really. Like, we're not big chicken people. Mm. Like, sometimes I'll cook chicken thighs. That's you got the not chicken, we're also, chicken on the island? We're also really healthy. We, got, we have chicken on the island, but it's pretty boring chicken. See? I'm not, not that excited. There's, there's like, boring and chicken never chicken, go together in my book. Never. I, I've never said, oh, that's boring chicken. My chicken move is I'll take chicken thighs and I'll marinate them in Olive Garden dressing olive and then I'll throw them dressing? in the air fryer. Yeah, that's my that's my chicken. Olive Garden dressing? Yes, what are we, they, the, the best salad dressing. What, what you does your cabinets about? look like? We have to talk about your your, your spice cabinet here. <laughs> oh, no, well, you don't what want... do we have in there? I mean, not much. Oh, God. Not this much. Is, so I'm going to be a good. front. To, yeah. It's not good. Just salt and pepper in that not going to help the reputation of You got just a little cinnamon in there? The cabinet. Um, I, I'm a very healthy eater, man. So my doesn't mean your salt, that exciting. Doesn't mean your spice cabinet has to be dull. You can be a healthy eater with a diverse spice cabinet. I also don't need, like, I, when I you cook, don't cook steak, with spices? for example. But not that much. Like, when I, no, I mean, sometimes. No, Listen. No, you When don't. I cook nope. a steak, I just like sea salt on steak. I think it's the best way to cook a steak. Like, I don't need a whole bunch of steak seasoning or something on steak. It's too much. I can get behind that. I'm also not a huge condiment person. Like, I don't need to coat stuff in that red tomato paste stuff that I'm not going to say the name of because I'm going to get roasted on this show if I do like I've done before. Thank you, Pat. Josh is in South Carolina. Josh has thoughts on sandwiches. (laughs) Go ahead. Hey, so um, I don't know if anybody brought this one up yet, but I'm going to hit you with the cheese and a sandwich real quick because down here in the South, we love us some pimento cheese. Yes. And if you put that on some bread with some Lay's or some ruffle chips on top of it, oh, that wow. is just the chef's kiss right there. And then I have one more comment for you guys. Um, a little bit earlier, somebody was referring to Sam Howell as being from Carolina. And I was wondering, is this a nationwide thing where we call North Carolina Carolina? Because here we call the Gamecocks Carolina. And that's a oh, week that's one fair. battle. I'm just wondering where the nation sits on that one. That was my fault. I think I just I was just got lazy about it and just said Carolina. But no, yeah, fine. I, I, I mean, it for said me, Carolina, because I don't like Carolina. <laughs> well, for obvious reasons, there yes. uh, that you said Carolina. It's fair if you want to say South Carolina. It's Carolina. Uh, I don't know where the lines are there, but uh, in terms of that potato chip sandwich nomination, potato chips low key amazing. I remember my grandmother used to make me potato chip sandwich sandwiches when I was a kid. I just the flakes get everywhere. I'm just not. It becomes messy. It, yeah. It, it also, becomes, the pimento cheese thing is like a big thing at the Masters, and everyone's right. always like, eh. "Yeah." I think it's good. I think like, pimento yeah, cheese fine. is pretty good. It's I'm not one of my, would not make a top five list. I'm going down cheese. to the cap as soon as the show's over. You guys want a this sandwich? Is, it's brutal. Cheese to sandwiches have- on me. It's it's brutal to have these food conversations during this show because I don't know Jay, do you eat during the show? Like I do not eat until after this show. I can't. Like, There's not enough time. I mean, it's barely enough time for me to go to the bathroom. And then right, the problem is I eat and I just stuff my face. It's like between that and my kids, there is no more patience. I can't take my time and eat food anymore. Well, and it's here's the other problem, the added problem, because this show's on television. And so then, I mean, lo and behold, you spill something on your shirt or you get something stuck in your teeth or something. And then you're coming back from commercial break because you tried to scarf it down in two seconds. I'm with you on this show. It's very hard. So when we talk about food on this show, it's kind of torturous. I feel like I feel like Pat is, Pat is fading your microphone out. He's 
He does not like your brie cheese take, and you are breaking up, and he's doing it on purpose. No, it's actually Amber's just a, a robot, and it's coming through finally because her, of her cheese takes. <laughs> Robots are the future of the world, by the way. So Sounds like, like something a robot would say. Like <laughs> I have career <laughs> longevity like here. Sounds like a robot if would I, say. If I'm a robot, I'm over here. Me and ChatGPT hang out. It also hang out. Does like, okay. sound like ChatGPT Greeny. right now. Greeny's coming up next here on ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio.